Troiso. It's Thursday, it's really disorientating when we play on Friday, and it's time for Dragonheart. Under the Covid regulations, six people can meet in England. The Chester Supporters Association is looking for two more people to make up the numbers. Rob is allergic to shellfish. Ryan is allergic to criticism. Dior is allergic to people treading on his face. How is the racecourse pitch like Dior Angus's face? They both took a stud on Saturday. You know, Chris Bush, he trod on Dior Angus. He's previously trodden on John Rooney. And they say that stamp collecting is a harmless hobby. Lots of people are jealous of our perimeter advertising boards. Chester are raising money to buy one. Tranmere are seeking sponsorship to buy one. And Shrewsbury are looking for the wizard who made it happen so they can do it too. Imagine how tiring it must be living in Shropshire, a 24-hour Lord of the Rings theme park. We'll be talking today to Javan Vidal, looking back at the Bromley match and recalling that prolonged missed opportunity that was the 2015-16 season. I'm Mark Griffiths, I'll be joined by Che Long and the second series of Mythic Quest will soon be available to stream. It's time for Dragonhearts! The other side, you're listening to the Dragonheart Radio. Yes, welcome to Dragonheart. I'm Mark Griffiths, and I'm joined by Che Long. Hi, Che. Hello, how's it going, Mark? Yeah, well, not too bad after <laughs> after last Saturday. Pretty good, to be honest. And we're rushing this one out before the Notts County match, of course. So, uh, yeah, at the moment, mood's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, mood. I'm very, very happy, especially with a. 3-0 win against playoff contenders, but even though I watched Bromley, and to be honest, as we said on the preview podcast, last few games, they've looked pretty poor, and I think once we got our first goal, they seemed to um, implode in some ways, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely did. So, uh, imploding. Oh, beautiful segue. We'll also have a look today at that Gary Mills team, 2015 16 that started so well and ended so horribly and we'll hear from Javan Vidal of course is a right back who maybe should have been given more opportunities at the club than just the one season anyway so uh, fasten your seatbelts chaps after this we'll chat about the Bromley game I'm Riesel Johnson and you're listening to the Dragon Heart Radio Show Right so Bromley well <laughs> it started scarily, didn't it, Jay? But it ended perfectly well. Well, yeah, it was... Um, to be honest with you, man, after the first 20 minutes, I was... Because they, they looked like quite a scary side. They were all massive, weren't they? Really yeah. physical side. And I thought they look... <laughs> physically, they look a lot stronger than what we did. And they had a chance in the first... Was it five minutes from a corner? I thought, oh, no. Yeah. Please, this could, this could be a really long day. But it didn't pan out that way, thankfully. Yeah, it was a great chance of Joe Kizzy, who'd scored the Saturday before, and from a corner, and he should have scored then, I thought. 
Um, I think we, they may have caught us out a little bit. They sacked their manager, Neil Smith, of course, just two days before the game. And they changed their shape from a 4-4-2 to 3 at the back. I don't know if they maybe caught us out a little, but that allowed them to pack the side, like you said, with height. You know, they got Cheek and Duffus up front of big. And the direct team, they had three centre-backs. They had Trotter sitting in front of them, who's massive. And they were a real threat from set pieces. And we didn't really get to grips with the way they were playing for the first half hour. But then the first chance we got, we scored, didn't we? Yeah, and I think that really set them off. I think you could see them, their heads drop mentally once. You know, they, they were giving us their all and they were missing quite some quite clear chances. And then as soon as the ball fell to Dior Angus, he scored an absolute worldie. Well, Davis was the first one, wasn't he? Or was it oh, Carly yeah, Thomas? It Hang on. <laughs> there was a crowd. Oh, of course it was. Of course it was Jordan Davis the first goal. I thought it was Dior Angus. Uh, yeah, the first goal. As you know, I thought it was Kwame Thomas at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we both thought it was Kwame Thomas yes. on commentary. And yeah, exactly. That was really against the run of play. And it was a, our first corner, wasn't it? And our first real mm. shot on target. It just went in. Yeah. And uh, you, you could see the heads, heads drop a little bit then. And then there you go. We, I think we took control for most of the game after that. It's funny. I saw a thread on Red Passion today and it was saying like, um, basically the title was what, what's causing the, the improvement? Is it the, the buzz of the takeover or is it the buzz of, of the bonus and I don't think it's either. Um, I would say that, of course. Uh, I, th- I think the takeover thing, well, I mean, there's, there's an element of excitement to that. I don't know if it transfers itself onto the pitch or not. I mean, players must be looking over their shoulder and thinking, you know, we could get replaced. Uh, maybe that's a motivator. Um, I, I think the players would be pretty annoyed if people are suggesting that the, the bonuses make a difference because that suggests they weren't trying until they were offered more money. Um, I think it's just a case of things clicking into place. We didn't play three at the back for the, a good chunk of the season and slowly things have changed and things are slotted in. And one of them is that we've got a lot of good set-piece deliverers and we've settled on Young and Records. And Young yeah. and Records are absolutely nailing it. And like I said, there's other players who can really take good set plays. Players like Jordan Davis, Elliot Durrell, who are specialists. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is we found something which is continuously making chances from set plays and that little manoeuvre that we do, which makes a lot of chances and has led to some goals where you have a player running off the keeper towards the near post. Uh, Jay Harris usually does that um, and he flicks it across the face of goal. And then Jordan Davis at that time, it really works. Yeah, yeah, it does work. I, I, I credit to the, the fact that our whole team is gelling. It, it's, something's yeah. really clicked. And we've yeah. got a real identity on how we play. I don't think... I, yeah, and as you said, I think the, the takeover and I think the um, I think the bonuses will, will certainly help and will certainly incentivize some players. You, you can't deny that. But the fact of the matter is, as well, having a, stri- a real striking partnership, bringing on Dior Angus has really helped us. Yeah. I think before we were chopping and changing our striking partnership, nothing was really working. And I think having Tyler French as well, who's come in and bolstered our yeah. defence, who can play right wing back and centre back and brings a lot of energy to our defence and brings a lot of competition in those areas has helped us. I think, I think it would be unfair to say it was the takeover or the bonuses. I think as well, you're dead right. I was thinking about this earlier. Keats, 
did very well in those last couple of days of the transfer window, didn't he? Because, well, firstly, as we know, he's the only manager in our league who's restricted by the transfer window. And secondly, the takeover didn't go through till there was a couple of days left and he had very little time to do anything, um, which is frustrating because he you know, would have been given a, a decent budget, wouldn't he? If, and a whole month to spend if things had gone happened a bit quicker. But um, <laughs> the fact is that those two players he was able to bring in I think you're right, have lifted the team. They fit into the way we're looking to play and, and they've both made a difference. I mean, French, I think, is very solid defensively and he's good driving forwards if he's playing as a wing-back or as the wide centre-back sometimes. And then Angus, well, like you say, that, that second goal killed the game and it was, a well, I mean, the first of two fabulous goals. Oh, 100%. Rewatching, I actually think the first goal was better than the second goal. Yeah, yeah. On, on on commentary, I thought the second goal was better than the first, but yeah, yeah. you could either argue for either. And it, they were two magnificent goals, and it, he could have got a double hat-trick that day if he didn't <laughs> miss a few of the sitters. <laughs> but for me, I think, yeah, he's really come in. He's moulded in well. And I think him and Kwame Thomas really complement each other, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think it's partly as well they've both got the same ideas about movements as strikers. Sometimes it's just that simple big man flicks it on for the quick man. But um, the fact is that, that Thomas is scoring more with Angus and the team as well because their movements complement each other. Look at the movement for that first goal. It's brilliant. Thomas p- comes out of that pocket and makes a gap. Angus doesn't make that run straight away. He holds the run and holds and holds because he wants to make the run in when the defence is completely absent at that part of the pitch and, and French sees it plays the ball to perfection, and bang, he's put him in. Oh, you know what? Let's argue about which goal's better. <laughs> uh, for, for me, it's the, it's the first goal because it was like a beautiful lob into the top corner. It was, wasn't it a half volley? It's a ba- it bounced to him, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a beautifully worked, got a beautiful ball by Tyler French. Mm. Yeah, for me, maybe because I had the better view of it on commentary, but I, th- I think the first goal was... Excellent. The first one's brains, isn't it? The first yeah. one is, um, I think Andy Morell's commentary in a live stream talked through it extremely well. It, it's, a, it's a good striker's instincts, and that excites me that Angus is that sort of striker, that he sees what ball it is coming in, and he makes a calculation. My best chance here is to let it bounce across me and then help it on because I know the keeper's going to come out to, to narrow the angle. So I thought, oh, the technique was excellent. The, it was the brains. He doesn't have to really whack it. He just needs to be able to help it on beyond the keeper's reach. And then the second one, which is my pick, um, they're both lovely. Uh, they, um, I was about to say Sophie's Choice, and I thought, oh, God, that's really in bad taste. And I've said it now. Um, but the second one's my favourite, uh, because I just, I just love that technique. It's just a, a volley, and he's nailed it to absolute perfection. A tight angle, in off the post, can't get better than that. I said in the commentary, it brought back memories of Marco van Basten. Not quite as spectacular as that. <laughs> but, you know, it's a similar position. It's a tight angle. It's a volley. And, you know, sometimes if you go for volleys and you get yourself balanced right, you're still going to be able to... You know, sort of get away with it. Like Rooney's famous overhead kick against Man City. He shins it. He doesn't yeah. hit it with his foot. It doesn't touch his foot. But because he's, his technique's all right, 
his legs going in a straight line and it still hits it where it needs to go. Whereas that Angus was banged, laces straight through it. Absolute perfect volley. And the ball's coming across him. Fabulous goal. But both both could be con- in could be in within the next yeah. so in the goal of the season contender, definitely. And what an excellent game he had. I, I was really impressed with the Orangus. He showed everything. That that the reasons why we signed him. He he was absolutely brilliant. And a, another player I'd really like to mention um, is uh, Sean Pearson. I thought he oh, was, yeah. he, he was he was excellent, wasn't he? Unbelievable, wasn't he? When he came back, um, well, just around Christmas time, he didn't quite look right. He struggled at Stockport, and I, I was I was a little worried then, thinking what will he be like when he comes back. Oh. I mean, has he ever played better than last Saturday? And, and let's be honest, this is a bloke who's played well for us a hell of a lot of times. Yeah. But my gosh, that warrior spirit, I think, in a way, just he wanted everything, fighting for everything, getting on the end of everything, reading everything. And then actually his use of the ball was good. He was off on the first pass in an attack. He, he got a few passes of, you know, I don't want to say hospital balls, but it was 60-40, and he was so calm the way he let the ball come to him, let the yeah. player come to yeah. him, and then just popped it round the side of him. He set up one of the chances when he did that to feed in Luke Young in the second half. But, oh, he was just magnificent. Gives Dean Keats an interesting problem when it comes to picking his stopper on oh. Friday. Himself said, didn't he? After the in the interview afterwards, he said, "I can't see picking me and Fika in the same team." So he acknowledged that's a decision Keats will have to make. Well, for me, when it comes to that, maybe Friday I pick Kelleher for the simple fact that Pierce. We don't want to rush Pearson into yeah. too many games, then get injured again. And for me, they're they're both at the same quality. It, it's easy to forget how great Kelleher has been mm. this season after that fantastic Pearson display. Um, He's got a real dilemma on his hands, hasn't he? A real dilemma. Yeah, absolutely. Nice dilemma, but it's, like I say, a genuine issue. I mean, I guess this weekend, he might be okay in that that it's two games in three days. So, he might be okay. If he wants to be a diplomat, he could pick Pearson on Friday and then say, right, okay, you've had two games in a week, you need a rest, old fella, and Kelleher plays on Monday. Um, which would be easier to say to him, I think, than to Kelleher if he plays him on Friday. Kelleher plays well, and he says, "Yeah, but I'm going to drop you now." Um, yeah, yeah. Having said that, I don't think Keats is going to be looking at diplomacy. He'll look at results, and he won't be scared to say to someone, "I'm dropping you." Um, but that's a tricky one. That I, I was. We're getting results with either player. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So uh, as as a fan. If he picks either, I'm not really going to be crying about it because I think they're both yeah. excellent centre halves, and it's some it's fantastic. It's a shame they they don't really have the same the right style to play with each other because for me it's mm. either one of them two with Vassell and French either side yeah. is our best centre back trio in my opinion. And it's ironic, isn't it? Really, that well, it's ironic. Healthy, should I say? Perhaps you look through the squad. There's a few players who you're thinking, okay, they'll be left out. I feel really sorry for him. I mean, Carrington's come in at centre-back and been outstanding, but he's now at the team. Horsfield did a good job at centre-back. Uh, he's now at the team. <laughs> you know, there's a few players that you look at. Durrell has played well the last three matches, but he's at the team. There's a few players you look at and you think, oh, they're unlucky, but then I, I would dibble. Gosh, dibble. Yeah. But Jarvis. 
Jarvis, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then one of the stoppers. Um, it's nice, though, to have more than a bench worth of players that you think maybe should be starting the game. 100%. And I think that's why I'm feeling so positive about this team mm. is that we've got this, the real strength and depth that we've built over the summer. Um, and it's really positive. And I think we've got one or two players who can play a lot of different positions. We've got a few players who can... Who, who, who can we can rotate and the team be equally as strong. I'd say the only place we're really lacking is we probably need another striker. And then after that, we'd be a really, we'd have a really, really strong squad. Yeah, yeah. Well, next season, we're going to have a strong choice up front, aren't we? Because we've got Angus, Thomas, Ponticelli. Pickerstaff will come back from tearing up the League yeah. of Wales. And you see the news last night? Aguero's, Aguero's on yeah. the transfer. <laughs> You've got five decent options there, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. We'll be we'll be winning the FA Cup, like we've been saying. Yeah, exactly. And, and League Cup, yeah. and, and winning the league. And you know, the last football manager comes through. <laughs> yeah, everything's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to mention about Pearson is is um, the one thing that Kelleher, I wouldn't say he lacks, but the one thing he, he Pearson's really excels at is his leadership yeah. and how he controls the situation with the referees. And we had. Let's say now. Now thinking about it with a referee on last last Saturday, I quite like the idea of him trying to keep the game flowing and physical. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that, but he was just quite inconsistent with his with his what what's the word with his decisions. Yeah. And I, I I was really impressed how Pearson was approaching him each time, quite diplomatic and calming the players round around him. Mm really impressive his leadership and I think that's one thing he really does bring as well as an excellent footballer yeah I wasn't like him at all <laughs> he um the thing I, I you know when Angus gets trodden on and be diplomatic yeah. here trodden on um and the referee books him Angus stays angry and firstly, I thought, like you say, in terms of leadership and players taking responsibility, you can very clearly hear, both on the live stream and in the ground, Pearson and some of the other players shouting, Dior, Dior, to tell him to calm down. Yeah. And then, well, the referee calls him to him again. I didn't see the ref gesture towards Pearson as captain, but Pearson was right there. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it was management on the pitch, wasn't it? You know, he's going to get up there and just represent Angus, you know, and say... Yeah. Ref, come on. You know, he's been exactly. stamped on, he's angry, don't give him another yellow. And again, and that's, that's a good too. Sorry. And that's a good segue to um, discuss that incident because we haven't yet. And uh, yeah. that was crazy. Look, looking at the replays, I really still don't know what to make of it. Uh, with his track record, mm. because he's done it in the past, it makes me think he's looked down and he's thought, oh, you know what, I, I'm going to tread, tread on his head. Or is he just being clumsy? I, I don't know. I wouldn't like to say. I'm wary. Most people have made their minds up. And yeah. I'm wary uh, because I don't like the force of someone deliberately stamping on someone's face. But, okay, you've seen the, the video. I managed to dig it out. Yeah. Him and actually ex-Rex and player John Rooney. Uh, that one is awful. I mean, he clearly, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's off the ball, it's a goal kick, and I think Rooney starts it, possibly, although we don't know what's happened beforehand, because he just walks up behind him, it looks like maybe he just put his foot on the back of Bush's heel, but then Bush looks like he might 
just have a little tr tread on Rooney's toes and he throws his hands up to say, I've done nothing, ref. Players never do that unless they've done something. But then afterwards, they challenge for the head and go down and it's so deliberate. He's not off balance. He doesn't need to step on him and he digs his studs into Rooney's hip while Rooney's lying on the floor and then kicks off his sprints off him. Oh, I mean, that's horrible. Um, the Wrexham one on Saturday... Well, okay, in a court of law, they'd say that's circumstantial evidence just because he did it two years ago doesn't mean he did it on Saturday. Um, I don't want him to be to be deliberate. It doesn't look great. <sighs> he, he's not totally in control. I think not, he's not totally balanced, so it could be accidental, but for me, the thing that uh, makes I, me um... think it probably is deliberate is his reaction. Because yeah. imagine, imagine you, you collide with someone as a footballer you, you, you go down in a tangle, you lose balance, and you accidentally tread on his face. The first thing any footballer does is, is go, whoa, whoa, sorry, mate, you're okay. But he didn't. He tried to act like nothing yeah. happened. And to me, I'll be honest with you, that, that makes my mind up. You know, it's like yeah. any, professionals look after each other. You know, okay, you kick somebody, fair enough, but you don't stamp on someone's face. And if you do, you know, you make, well, you make it clear it's an accident, to be fair. <laughs> If it's an accident, you're shocked that you've just done it and you're worried you might have hurt him. But he wasn't yeah. doing that at all, was he? No apology. Just try and pretend nothing at all happened and we just had a bit of a tangle. Uh. Well, let's look at it this way. If there was VAR at this level, he'd been off. Mm. Simple as that. I uh, think so. We, um, I don't know. I don't trust VAR. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust VAR. But I was, there was a West Brom game. I think it was West Brom versus Leicester this season. I forgot who it mm -hmm. was. It could have been Pereira for West Brom. And he slightly glanced his studs yeah. on on the player who was on the floor, and he was straight off. So the way VAR is, he would have been off. And mm. I'm pretty shocked that the linesman didn't spot it either. Really, we didn't spot it, but there was a lot going on, wasn't there? And we were I, at a different angle. I got sympathy for the officials on this one. I think I think you're right. The referee made some odd decisions, and they were like conscious decisions. I let the game flow, so. That was a foul, but it's not much of a foul. I'll ignore it. I think that's poor officiating. I think that sort of sneaky stuff, it's very easy to miss. You know, I was looking yeah, straight at yeah. it at the time, and it looked like he just they just got tangled up. It's only when you look at the video, you see exactly how they got tangled up. And the very fact that I'm not 100% in my head what happened shows that he, if it was deliberate, he hit it fairly well. But um, I don't know. I... I I'm glad we were quick and smart and got Dior off, though, because he could easily got sent off because I can understand why he's extremely angry. Yeah, we, we need... Uh, it's such a crying shame, really, because he was on a hat-trick, wasn't he? And I yeah. think he might have got it. Uh, yeah. But you've got to use your head there. And, you know, he was quite fiery. And you don't know, he might have looked at maybe gone for a crunching tackle on him or done something yeah. maybe reckless. I'm not saying he's that type of character, but... He was quite visibly angry, wasn't he, from the yeah. push-in and what have you. So I think, that, I think Keats did the right thing there. Take him off. You know, put Ponticelli on. He's looked great at the moment anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, right, right decision by Keats to take him off. And he, again, that's not going to stop the fact that he's had a, he had an awesome game last Saturday, as well as most, most of the side did. Yeah, to be fair, that's absolutely right. Here's a, a thinking point and a question about the Angus stamp. Firstly, if it was a red card, it was also a penalty. So he could have had his yeah. because it was in the box. And the second one, uh, there was a desire within the club to complain to the FA about what happened. 
after the match. Um, I, am I being stupid or not? Right, if he really did that deliberately and he's done it before, then I totally agree that there is a, a grounds to complain and him getting punished would feel right. However, am I being too cynical in saying we'll gain nothing from him getting punished? But if he's suspended against, say, Notts County or Stockport County, <laughs> they could have an easy mm. game against Bromley and gain points that they may not have done. So there's a bit of me thinks, let's sleep in dogs lie, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't really think about it like that. And uh, he's he's not he wasn't a bad player either, to be fair. Yeah, no. So I always quite liked him. Uh, but... Yeah, I, well, I don't think he'd be welcome at Wrexham now. No, no. <laughs> he's not getting that big move at the end of his career, is he? <laughs> so, so, to sum it up, what are your overall thoughts after this game, especially leading on to such a big game this Friday? Delighted. I think that the squad's confidence must be terrific. Um, the fact that we score goals is good. You know, the fact that, you know, we rather than grinding out 1-0s, we've won 3-0. We've got two strikers who are in good scoring form. Um, you look at Angus's stats now and, you know, four in 12. That's all right, that. If you if you do that before, across the whole season, you get, well, I suppose in the last truncation of the season, you get, what, 12? 12, 24? No, you got more than that, don't you? 14? Yeah. Why can't I divide 42 by three <laughs> anymore? 14, yeah, 14. Yeah. So 14 goals in the season would be nice. Okay, he's not had a full season, but if you're scoring at that rate, you've had a good a good season. And Thomas is online to do something like that as well. And all of a sudden, the team that can't create looks decent. I should clarify as well that um, I said about people looking into the club making a complaint. The thing is, there didn't appear to be a process to do that, actually. <laughs> So oh, right. we might we might not be able to raise a complaint because clubs making complaints against opposing players might not be something that you can actually do if the referee doesn't report it or the media doesn't cause an issue like it would be in the Premier League. Might just be yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Think. Well, that, that if that decision was at the Premier League or even yeah. Championship level, it would be everywhere, wouldn't it? Yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't be able to escape that decision. Maybe. So some action would have been taken. But yeah. because we're in the National League, and let's be fair, how many people were watching that game? One, two thousand people yeah. on streams? Yeah, precisely. It, it, it's, it's no comparison to what Liverpool or any other Premier League club, club's viewing figures, really. So it's, not, it's going to be forgotten about in a week or two's time, isn't it? Exactly right. Exactly. Are you happy with it as well? That's a stupid question, but... Your thoughts on uh, the moon yourself? Over the moon, and the one thing I was more happy about than actually the three goals was that we kept the clean sheet against such a free-scoring side. You know, they have a Cheek, who's the top goal scorer, and we, we made him look very ordinary on Saturday. Mm. Vassell, uh, French, and um, Pearson, absolutely excellent. And I think, you know, Jamie Record and Riesel Johnson weren't as quite as, you know, Lively as they usually are, but they did a good, solid defensive job. Yeah, and excellent. Really happy, really happy with the clean sheet, and gives us good momentum going on to a really tough game on Friday. Absolutely right, brilliant. Well, the present looks pleasant. Oh man, the rhyming, such skill. Let's delve back into the past. Let's jump back six years, and after this, talk about Barry Mills's first season at Wrexham. 
Jordan Pondicelli and you're listening to the Dragon Art Radio Show. Oh, Gary Mills. There's an appointment. Let's go back to the summer of 2015 when everything seemed so promising and the thought of us still being in the National League now was preposterous. We brought in Gary Mills, superstar Steining, as manager, his Gateshead team played such beautiful possession-based football, you wouldn't believe it was possible with National League players, and now we were going to get a taste of it. And, well, we'll talk to Javon Vidal a bit later about that, but, but Che, it just all started so well, didn't it? What a lovely team that was. Oh, yeah, they, they had some fantastic players, like, you know, Moke, um, you know, Robbie Evans, I quite liked him, uh, Dom Vogues, it was probably one of those Excellent football as I've seen at the race course. Oh, yeah. The dribbling, he was, he was, he was brilliant. And I listened to a podcast with um, <clears throat> with Mo K on the other day on Rob Ryan Red, and uh, he was saying Dom Vos could have easily been playing in the championship. He was that good. So oh, yeah. Manny Smith as well. We had such we had some fantastic yeah. players. So all these ones coming back to me now. Yeah. But it's such a shame we that that come to nothing that season I can't I, I struggle with that season I struggle with the Gary Mills spell in, in general it, it really confuses me it felt like the end of his new clothes he turned up and everyone thought well if he can get Gateshead to play like that you must be a tactical genius and yet by the end you're thinking he's a chancer he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's got no plan he playing football that looked like he had the most detailed plan and philosophy and in actual fact he had none and the, the start of the season alright we, we had a really nice looking side we lost that first game of the season at Bromley but then we came back and we won the next five and we just we were purring and got Vos given his magic on the left hand side York's quick on the right Gray chipped in with the odd goal up front and uh, Midfield of Moke, Jennings and Robbie Evans. Fantastic. Yeah. Blaine Hudson, Manny Smith, Jamal Fifield, take your pick, two of them at the back. Vidal bombing up and down and making those crunching tackles. Newton was solid at left back. Belford wasn't a great keeper, but you know, you had quality in that squad. Real quality. And Adam Smith came off the bench and was doing all right. Um, and then we stopped playing like that. What what happened then? What, 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 in your opinion, went wrong? Well, I've got an opinion on it. and I, I could be wrong, but for me, straight after that, so it's, it's seven games in, we're second in the league. We've only dropped three points, <laughs> you know, and we go to Cheltenham, who eventually get promoted, of course. That's so a big, big game. And, right, we lose, but... I didn't think it was anything to panic over. We were winning, and when in the second half we were winning, and then we have a shot when we're 1-0 up, which is blocked on the line by a defender with his hand, and it was a game on BT. comes back to your horror of watching games on television. And the replays clearly shows that it was handball. <laughs> the son, actually, I remember him uh, telling me, because I, I can't remember why I wasn't, I wasn't able to go to the game, but my son did go. And he said that they'd gone to get a burger and they were walking behind the goal when it happened. And it was so blatant. The guy's on the line. He stuck his hand out and blocked it. It was a goal and he's, he saved it. Should have been a penalty and a red card. Wasn't given. They went up the other end, scored quite soon afterwards and then got a winner late on. 
but we played well. We should have won that match. And then the next Saturday, we went, to, I think that was an Easter Monday, actually, on the Sat not Easter, uh, you know, August Bank Holiday one. Yeah. And the next Saturday, we went to Lincoln, and they were a proper long ball team. They had Matt Reed up front, and they were pounding balls in. And we we again scored first. Both those games, James Gray scored in. Um, we lost the lead, about 20 minutes left. Reed equalised. And, and to be honest, we struggled a bit with their long ball approach. They, mm. they made more chances. We could have lost that game. But having said that, Lincoln were also a good side that season. And, you know, long ball teams, as we saw on Saturday for the spell, were probably when they get the game played on their terms, it's hard to counteract. And, all right, we rode our luck a little, but we got the draw. It was a good result. But that felt to me like the point where Mills decided, oh, I'm going to change this around now. Um, and we stopped playing such neat football. And I thought it was just a massive overreaction. I didn't think that it merited that. We should have just stuck to it. We were doing well. We were high up the table. Just keep playing like that and we'll be fine. But it felt like that was the point where he panicked and did something which we later found he would do constantly, switch everything around, move everything about. Do you think that's a sign of a mentally weak manager when things are not always going his way? He feels like he really, he really has to shake things up from top to bottom and change it over rather than sticking with his own identity and his purpose on the way he wants to play originally. I'm not sure. I, I think... It, I, no, I don't, actually. I, I, that makes total sense. But I think in Mills's case, it was that we all mistakenly thought he had an identity, and he didn't. Right, okay. He did what he thought would work, but unlike, say, Guardiola, who would say, right, okay, if, that, if, if my plan didn't work, we need to do my plan better. Instead, Mills wasn't really married to that style of play and said, oh, we'll change it around a bit and mm. stop being quite so possession-based. And frankly, we lost our identity then. Um, we went through a spell of being a bit of a sort of hybrid team. I mean, if I can just go through those results, like I said, um, after six games, we've won five, lost one. And then have those two little wobbles. And at that point, we go 11 games of two wins. As we are transitioning, yeah, we decided that we're not this. all around anymore. You know? So, you know, we, we, we weren't... Um, we hadn't given up completely on that style of play, but we certainly weren't as based in on that now. And although we had a little renaissance, we battered Barrow on... Barrowween, the game when we went in fancy dress. And then the next home game was that famous game, dead game of Rose's two brilliant goals. But yeah, yeah. Quite the same. And isn't it amazing to think that Dom Vose did that? You know, and what, 10 games later, he plays his last game for Wrexham and he, he, because Mills didn't want him. I mean, crazy. What a horrendous decision that is, though, because. Yeah. Looking back, he was such a talented player, wasn't he? Mm. Technically, a t really technically gifted player, the way he was, and it—he—he uh, he could probably could have gone into the ninety-eight point season team, couldn't he? Quite easily. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He's an, an excellent player. That was the real downside of that season, wasn't it? Mm. Don't you think that? Yeah, I can say about. I, I really admire Morel, and obviously he was a successful manager for us, but. Part of it is because when he inherited a good side from Saunders, he had the common sense to not mess around with it. And then Mills did the opposite. 
if Morel had inherited Vos and he was playing well, even if he thought, oh, maybe he doesn't work hard enough on the off the ball, he'd have still found a way to use him. Because obviously the, yeah. the benefits are fantastic. Um, whereas Mills got shot. And I just I just can't get my brain around it. I mean, you talk about luxury players being players who don't deliver. Well, Vos played 31, well, started 31 games for us, 10 goals, 10 assists. <laughs> that's he, that's he left, very good. He left in January and he's in double figures for goals and assists. He's not even playing up front, he's playing on the wing. That's not bad. Wow. Imagine, um, do you think if we kept hold of him for the rest of the season, that season could have panned out differently? Definitely. I think I think as well if we'd stuck to our guns and actually played that passing game. I mean, yeah. abs- absolutely. I really just couldn't conjure with it. Couldn't get my head around what was going on there at all. Um, we did lose form at the end of Moses' spell with us. We lost, well, his last ever game for us was a win over Lincoln at home. But um, the five games before that, we lost. So we lost five on the trot. By then, we're not moving the ball around all that well. Uh, and he's looking mm. for, oh, I'll make changes. Okay, now I'll get rid of those. Um, that wasn't smart. <laughs> but then it's not, he's not the only example that season of players who didn't make the most of because he, his first signing in that summer was Lee Fowler. He made him yeah. captain and then didn't pick him. <laughs> and, and I can tell you as well, I know in his first bout, because I mean, Lee's very honest about things, you know, Lee fell out with people, things didn't work out right. Um, mm. But by all accounts, by all accounts, um, Lee was the model professional for Exxon that season, even though he was not getting picked. Wow. Astonishing. You got, you got two players of the talent of Rose and Fowler. You get rid of one. Fowler, just to give you the facts, right? He wasn't injured. That's the first thing I've got to emphasize. He was not injured. His first game was our 16th match of the season. At which point, his first start, at which point uh, Mills has suddenly decided we're going to play three at the back. So he completely changes the shape of the team. We lose at Dover. He pulls Fowler off after 56 minutes and changes back to four at the back. Fowler's not even on the bench for the game when we go back to the three-three and only draw through all against Geisley. So the game after that, he goes back to three at the back. That's the infamous game where Paul Liam Welsh gets brought on as a substitute in the 44th minute and then taken off in the 68th minute and never plays professional football again. <sighs> I mean, and then we're back to um, playing four at the back then, but four two three one rather than four two three. Mad, just constantly shuffling and changing. And then he's we Fowler out on loan, and he, his second start of the season is our thirty sixth game of the season when we're playing with a diamond now because we've changed it completely. There's no attempt to play passing football, and he starts the next eight games, and then is dropped again. I mean, <laughs> there's no plan. There's no idea. By by the end of the season, we are playing proper Route 1 football with Mark Beck winning headers and Caden Jackson running onto it. And again, wasted opportunities. Caden Jackson, look where he is now. He's a good football yeah. league player. And yet in the in the January window, Mills didn't want him and sold him to Stockport. And the only reason he didn't go was because, um, well, ironically, the FIFA system was really, really slow. And so because of that, the deal hadn't gone through. And by the end of the month, we got to a situation where if he signed for Stockport, 
he wouldn't be able to play football till the summer. And so the only reason yeah. he came back to Wrexham was because he was going to be ineligible. But, I mean, absolutely, a player who is now playing at that level, um, until, who let's check the facts, the 26th of January, had only started one game in the league. Wow. I mean, <laughs> you know, so way to spot talent, here's, Gary. <laughs> here's, here's a question I have for you then. Say if we had, let's say, a more stable manager with that, team because it was a good team on paper wasn't it oh, yeah, uh, yeah. How, how we didn't go up that year really on in the grand scheme of things or at least really challenge was a bit of a shock wasn't it to everyone mm. if we had a bit more of a, a stable manager let's say do you think we could have had a better shot of going up 100% we finished 8th as it was yeah. despite the fact that it was all over the shop and, we, and I say we finished 8th just to emphasise that we, we could have finished higher we finished the season horribly. We lost four out of the last five. We won one out of the last six. So, I mean, yeah, we could definitely have, have done better. I do think, though, Mills had a, a certain cachet about his name. You know, people saw him as the best uh, yeah. player, manager. So, I think maybe some players were tempted in because it was Mills and they didn't realise... That how, how things would go, um, yeah. But the other thing is, he brought in loan players and didn't get a lot of use out of them. I, I know that he's not alone in, in that. There was talk, and I don't know that this is true, that a lot of loan players came in with clauses that if they played a certain amount of games, we'd have to make a payment. And so you had players like James Caton and O'Brien, who are very talented young football league players who look tasty coming off the bench. But both of them only ever came off the bench and never sent back. And then, of course, you had Kevin Nolan, who looked a very nice midfielder. He played in the um, the beating of, what's you call him? Gateshead. And the beating of Barrow. Mm. Played really well. He only started three games and we sent him back. And he straight away got promoted with Grimsby and was playing in the Football League. Uh, and well, was, if they had... If they had clauses in their contract of their loan deal that we had to pay money, um, surely it'd be worth taking that risk or gamble yeah. of playing them. And if they were to get us points and to get us into the playoffs, then yeah, it would be worth it in the long run, surely. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily correct. It may not be. Yeah. What I would say though is that. I don't think it was case of Nolan. In Nolan's case, I think Nolan, he just sent him back. Um, yeah. Even though he was clearly a football league quality midfielder. Didn't he win some sort of award when they got promoted, Grimsby? I'm sure he won a player of the year or something. Um, but, you know, uh, but I, I would say that I'm not aware. There's not been talk of other managers having those sort of deals. You know, loan deals where you can only pick mm. up so many games without paying extra. You know, the, a, a deal where you don't have that clause is not unusual. So why were you, why were we doing it? Just like the next season, yeah. which I don't want to get on to because that was a disaster. It turned out we had lots of players who were guaranteed a new contract if they hit a certain number of games. So Keats starts not picking certain players because he's then going to be stuck with them for a whole year again. Just <laughs> you know, again, wow. peculiar contracts and peculiar ideas. But yeah, did he have agent mates? Um. It, 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 that, it has been suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not saying anything more than that. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But it was just a shame, like you say, a missed opportunity. That was a team, the talent in that team, Moke, Vose, Nolan, you know, Manny Smith. And, I you know, with Mills' reputation as well, when we yeah. first got him in, I remember the feel-good factor around the club was really mm. high, wasn't it? It was like, oh, we could actually go up this season, but it wasn't to be. Exactly. I, I remember reading a blog. There was a really good blog by a Lincoln City fan. And he was previewing the season. And he said the biggest signing anybody has made in the league is Wrexham bringing in Mills. So he's, <laughs> he's uh, you know, and at the time I thought, yeah, yeah. I was so excited at seeing his process at my club, seeing a manager who was coming in and was going to play tiki tacker Because that's what our Gateshead were amazing to watch. They're an amazing team to watch. And to get someone coming in and teaching the players that, I just thought, what a fascinating process it's going to be to watch that. And then it turned out he didn't actually have a process. <laughs> sort of maybe got found out at Wrexham, unfortunately. I think so, yeah. yeah. And then compounded that by going to York and getting them relegated the next season. Um, yeah. Although it should be said as well, I mean, York, he got them promoted before he went to Gateshead, yeah. playing beautiful passing football. One of the best games I've ever seen at the National League was us, under Burrell, going to Mills's York. And it was nil-nil. But it was the most beautiful game of football. Both sides played brilliant stuff. Neither side, neither side could finish. But tactically, it was fascinating the way that changes that were being made... And then the other side would counteract it and you could see what teams were trying to do and it was beautiful to watch. And I remember afterwards, um, after I finished commentating, a York fan was lurking in the stand and he said, oh, he said, he said, I really enjoyed that game because I was sitting in front of you and I was just listening to how much you were enjoying it and talking about all the tactical things that were interesting you in it. And I was like, yeah, it was no mill, but it was a marvellous game of football, really high quality. So he got York playing like that, but for some reason he came to us, he had the players, he converts Connor Jennings to a midfielder, which was an act of genius. And then... Just, he must oh, have had something about now. him. So he yeah. must have had something about him, but maybe his... Um, I don't know, maybe his mentality when we when think, when think his back, to, back was against the wall, he, he panicked, yeah. maybe. That's a shame. I think it's more... I think he was very sure of himself actually I guess you can the two extremes can lead to the same results can't they I may yeah. be wrong you know I'm no psychologist I may be wrong but he was very old school like to talk about you know playing under Brian Clough and, and all that sort of thing and I think there was a sense with him of uh, I know how to do it don't question me so mm. if he decides I'm going to change this I'll be right um, yeah he didn't look at video analysis at all he had no interest in it he wasn't interested in looking at how the next team was going to play and it was a pattern I think more in his second season as first of he'd pick a team which then would be caught out by the opponents and I do think to be fair to Mills I think he was good at reading a game and making changes within it and in the second season we I think we rescued some games because he would look at what was going on and think right this isn't working and he could then alter things within the game effectively but the fact is, we dropped a lot of points because we were picking a team that was playing right into the opposition's hands as well at first. Mm. Um, it's a strange one in so many ways. I'll tell you. Well, well I'm, I'm glad we don't have him as a manager now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Regretfully, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. 
<laughs> he, made, he makes me feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> well, shall we hear from one of his uh, star players? Yeah. I think we should. Think. Javon Vidal was an excellent right back. As you hear in the interview, injuries didn't help him much. Surprising to think he only made 20 league starts for us. You just wonder whether, if things had gone a bit differently for us, if he could have been that, that long-awaited player, the replacement for Curtis Obeng, which I think people now feel Reese Hall-Johnson has become. But certainly Vidal was a direct-running, positive right-back, uh, a positive influence on players as well. And it was a pleasure to catch up with him as well after this. You'll hear from Javan Vidal. I'm Elliot Dorrell, and you're listening to the Dragonheart Radio Show. Well, firstly, I mean, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it was uh, it was an interesting time when you came to Wrexham, I thought. You've got new manager, Gary Mills, a few new players coming in. And I think people took to you straight away. I remember a tackle you made in a friendly aggressment when you sort of, the guy nearly, yeah. when you hit him. And everyone thought, oh yeah, everyone, look at this guy. Yeah, um, yeah, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's obviously a pleasure. Um, when you obviously reached out and contacted me, I was, there was a beaming smile across my face. Um, obviously, I, f- I fully enjoyed my time at Wrexham. Um, I enjoyed the, you know, the club, the club itself, the people, the fans, everything about the club was great. I still obviously look out for the results and stuff. Um, obviously, it only lasted a year. I, you know, I would have preferred longer, but um, this is this is football. But yeah, the the tackles you're referring to in pre-season were quite quite tasty. I think um, in this current climate, uh, I might not get away with them as such. And with it being pre-season, um, you know, maybe I got away with a few. But, I mean, I, I did win the ball, but, you know, it'd be ball and man. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Their, their relatives felt some of them. Um, <laughs> the hell <of> <laughs> 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 And you, it meant that before the season had even started, you made the club some money because uh, the video we made of uh, 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 putting your tackles in and saying uh, the Mortal Kombat uh, graphics... Went viral. Yeah, that's and made a fair amount. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't get any. I might not do any. Uh, is it royalties or some or some something of, of such or something? I'm only messing. Uh, I'll get Ryan Reynolds no. to be in touch. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I, w- I won't mind. A, I won't mind a phone call with him, uh, even if it was just for a, a few seconds, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a. Uh, I mean, we. Oh wow! Well, I was going to say we got off to a good start under Gary Mills. Actually, the first game at Bromley was, wasn't was a good start at all. No, no. You playing in no, midfield we obviously, in that game, interestingly. But, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. So, sorry, we caught each other. Yeah, basically, I ended as a right-back initially. Mm. Um, I think we had a few injuries, maybe pre-season, a bit of shuffling. I found myself in the middle of the park. Um, as, you, as you know, I was putting in these tackles. I'd like to think I'd done quite well during pre-season. So coming into the start of the season, the first game, I think, um, again, it was injuries. I think we got a lad on loan from Stoke. Yeah. And I was pushed into central and midfield. So, yeah, I started there. I, didn't, I don't think I lasted there long. I think I was yeah. back at right back in the next game. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best start. I mean, we had a lot of momentum. There were good players. We felt like we had a good group. Going into that first game, but as you know in football, um, the preseason games mean nothing. It's the um, 
it's, it's the league and competitive games that mean something. And we, we unfortunately didn't get a great result to start with. But I think that was probably the catalyst for our run of form afterwards as well. So, yeah. Because we won the next five. Uh, yeah. Looked really good. You were flying at right back, not just the defensive side, but you were loving bombing up and down the line as well. And, and yeah. Wow, it was all looking great at that point, I thought. No, I really, I really enjoyed it, especially the start, start of the season. Like you say, we had, we had some good momentum. Uh, we were playing some good football, attractive football and stuff. And I thought, you know, we, we did quite well. Obviously, you know, we, we got to Christmas period. Unfortunately, I picked, I had a few niggly injuries before that, but I had a hernia operation during that winter period, which was tough for me, um, obviously mentally and physically. But I just think the team in general struggled from that period. And I don't know if it's, maybe it's down to, you know, I put, put it maybe down to, you know, in the, in the National League and non-league, some of the pitches you may find out as crisp as they are usually early on in the season and the, the attractive football we like to play was obviously a lot more difficult during this period of time. Um, and as you know, during half the season's gone and, you know, a lot more to play for. Teams are down at the bottom as you come into the latter end of the stage of the season. It's, it's a lot more tougher. The games are a lot tougher. Um, people are fighting for every point they can get, really. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't achieve what we probably set out to achieve in the, in the beginning, uh, which was obviously get the club promoted, which is what a lot of people have been trying. I think the club deserve it. Um, it's been a long time. I hope, I hope that comes this season. Um, in a good position at the minute. Uh, you've got a, a great feel-good factor around the club with the new owners and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying it's, this is the year for uh, Wrexham anyway to, to oh, go let's, up. Let's hope so. Um, you, uh, I, I think that your injury was a part of us losing weight as well, to be honest. You had, you had an earlier injury and then quite a lengthy one as well. And, you know, we, we lost yeah. a bit of balance there. I think, you know, Sean Newton was going up and down the other side we lost that thrust a bit, I think, on the right-hand side because uh, you were, you could say, you were able to carry the ball forwards and link in with play because you could play in midfield. Yeah. You scored that cracking goal where you hooked the ball over your shoulder. It's one of my favourites. Uh, it was, it was a shame that the injury. Was that, was, which goal was that? Was that the Halifax one? I yeah. mean, I scored quite a few, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, the Halifax. I did enjoy that. That's probably one of the best goals of my career, to be honest. Um, I just obviously I found myself in the box. I don't know. I don't know how or why I was there. I just ventured forward. Um, I got a good touch out my feet and, you know, made a nice connection. I think I recall one of the players saying, or the goalkeeper saying, who's got him? Who's got him? And then someone said, it's the right back. It's the right back. So, um, yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed that moment. The, um, I, I really enjoyed this. And I was a little frustrated afterwards because I, had, I do the Coventries on one side of the ground. And then afterwards, I edit the highlights and the camera is the opposite side from me. And it looked good on the camera, but it, it, the camera angle didn't do it justice. From the other side, it was, the, as you can see, it was a sensational goal. And the camera angle, I think, because yeah, like yeah. you were right behind, you, know, you were in line with the goal and the camera. It, it didn't do half the justice. I was like, that's a bit annoying when, you know, you, you, you pull off something like that and it doesn't quite look yeah, as good no. as it was. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, at the time... Um, obviously it felt good um, I, I felt like I got a good connection but I think looking back on it it did look a bit better than how I probably envisaged it when I did do it at the time so um, I mean I don't know if I got a different copy to you or a different, well, <laughs> a different angle or so yeah <laughs> no I, I quite enjoyed it but yeah 
If only you could have been on the side of the ground I was in watching it, but I guess that would have been quite difficult yeah. for you, wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be in two places at once, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. it, um, it seemed to me, it was strange to me, because the start of the season, like you said, we were playing really nice possession-based football, and, and that was the reputation yeah. Gary Mills had and why Wrexham brought him in as Gateshead team, really yeah. possession-based. Um, it, it seemed to me, like you said, partly because of the pitches, that we, we really changed our style of play. And I, I've, I've got to be honest, there's a bit of me thought if maybe we should just keep persevering. We've got a lovely squad of players. Maybe we should try to just persevere on playing the style that maybe suited us best. You know, I was quite surprised that by the end of the season, we like going long onto Mark Beck's head sort of thing when we started the season. Yeah. Lots and lots of passing, you know? <laughs> No, it, it, it was definitely a contrast in styles, but I just think, obviously, um, you know, obviously that's that's down to the management and it, it yeah. comes to a stage where it's about getting results. Mm. Now, you'll find a lot of teams will do that in that league just to nick results. You know, the games aren't pretty. Um, it's very tough. And, you know, that, that kind of possession-based football is, 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 a, is a luxury as such. So, um, and obviously the pitches don't help. I mean, at the beginning of the season, the pitches were lovely. You know, we were able to play some crisp possession-paced football. And um, obviously that was coming to fruition. But I think when, you know, you, you do that and you're not getting the results with it, you know, it's quite easy to then, you know, switch to the other style of play to just try and nick some results or get some points and stuff. I just think that coincided with the, you know, the pitches, you know, not being as great and stuff. And that period of time, you know, you, you know, it's very rare that you'll go through a season and everything's rosy. You'll always hit a, a rough patch. And I just think we, we hit that patch at that wrong time. And, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, we didn't ultimately achieve what we wanted to achieve from there. We, like I said, we had some nice players, didn't we? I mean, Dom Vos, for example, Blinker. I mean, yeah. his, his ability. Was, a wonder goal, didn't he? he wonder yeah. goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wonder goal. Even got more views on your video, that one. Did <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah, he got oh, half a million, I'm afraid. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's he's more than eclipsed mine, and it is no 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 competition. I, I wonder if he's due his royalties as well as he due some royalties or something. <laughs> no, 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 that didn't happen. I, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> oh, definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. But it, it was it was a shame as as well that we didn't keep him for more than half a season. He's got in double figures for goals and assists, and and then he's gone. And it was a shame because when I mean, he was, you know, I think people look at a player like him and think, oh, he's like a luxury player. But he, he wasn't. He was producing. <laughs> Clearly, the yeah, figures... No, he, he, he was delivering. Um, Dom was a special player. I remember pre-season. And, I, you know, you can see, you know, when you're training with certain lads, you just know. Um, you can just see that bit of difference. I mean, he was our match winner. A lot of games and stuff like that. I was literally getting the ball out to Dom, let him do his magic and, you know, something will happen. I remember, I think it was one of the training sessions. Now, I shouldn't really be saying this because it's, it's probably detrimental to myself. But I remember... Um, you know, I, I back myself. I know I'm quick, do you know what I mean? And I thought I'm quicker than him, do you know what I mean? If he knocks it past me, you know what I mean? I, I, I'll take the ball off him. But, you know, he slowed me down. He shifted it and he went past me. I thought, no way. I, I didn't catch him. I didn't catch him. I thought, what's going on here? But again, it's, you know, he's got great balance, Dom. You know, he's got lovely feet and movement, you know, movement of his body. And, you know, as you can see, I mean, he did make a show of me that session, but I've seen a lot of fullbacks having some difficult, difficult games against him. But, um Unfortunately for us, we, we lost him halfway through the season. Um, obviously, his performance stood out and, you know, the, the bigger clubs come sniffing. And unfortunately, we, you know, we couldn't have him, you know. I mean, you know, would it have been different? It had been there, of course. It would. He's, he's a top player. 
And, you know, he was, he was a big reason why we are so successful at the start of the season anyway. But obviously, you know, we, we've got a job to do as professionals ourselves and just, just to get on with the, the task in hand, yeah. And then also, <clears throat> just thinking, you the, the strength in our defence, the toughness in our defence as well as yourself. We've got Manny Smith, who sadly had to retire now, but was a, oh, I mean, a, a genuine legend no, of the club. Yeah, no, he's top draw, man. He was, a, he was a pleasure to play with. Obviously, he was on my side quite a lot, yeah, so yeah. we'd formed quite a good relationship. Um, like you say, he's, he's a legend of the club. Unfortunately, he's had to retire recently, like myself, but obviously, he's probably more down to injury than mine. Um, but yeah, no, Manny was a great player, and it was a pleasure to play with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, I suppose, another obvious name that comes in my head, you know, we had Connor Jennings in midfield or up front. Yeah. You know, nice, adaptable player, a bit of a character. You need those sorts of characters as well, I think, don't you, to really make a team buzz? No, Connor, Connor again, he, another great player, another pleasure to play with. Uh, a real winner. Connor was a real winner. Um, rightly so, he wore the captain's armband numerous amounts of times. He's, you know, he's the kind of player on the pitch where, you know, if you're having a bit of a, a rough time or or some, you want to turn to someone and look at someone and who leads by example, it's Connor. You know, he never stopped running. Um, he never back out of a 50-50. And, you know, you know, people will see that in the eye, but he did have a lot of quality as well yeah. to go with that as well. So, you know, he's, he's obviously playing a lot higher up now anyway. He's, he's been very successful since, you know, since um, his time at Wrexham, obviously with Tramu and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think at that time we did have a really good group and, you know, I was quite, you know, I was quite surprised we didn't achieve what we set out to achieve. Sometimes it just doesn't go to plan. But I think as a squad and what, you know, the club built and Gary Mills built that season, I thought, you know, we had a great chance of getting up. But like I say, unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about life after football. Then What are you up to now? Um, at the minute, um, I've just literally, I've, I've I mean, I retired, announced my t retirement back end of, um, the year just passed. Obviously, I've been playing Conference North and stuff. My last club was Kettering. Had a few clubs um, part-time since I left Wrexham. But um, obviously, I've been doing some work in construction. I've been doing some studies um, in sports management and stuff. So I've always wanted to transition into that. So I've recently launched my own sports agency oh. um, where obviously I'll be looking after, you know, and managing some players' careers. I just feel that this is what I've wanted to go into for quite a number of years now. Um, obviously injuries and stuff and, you know, maybe a loss of passion for the game as well. Um, I just felt it was the right time. I mean, the seasons have been null and voided, so technically I've, I've not really retired, but I have, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, no, I'm enjoying that at the minute. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's work that I enjoy. And, you know, because I've played the game and I've been through it, I, I feel I'm best placed to help, you know, nurture some young lads and help guide people's careers in the right way as well. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. Well, you know, if you find a, you know, the next superstar, you know which club to send them to, don't you? We look out. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, if you if you've got Ryan or Rob's number, then you know, yeah. give us give us a shout. I, I think I've got Dean Keats's number somewhere, so um, for sure, if I find someone of, you know, of ilk or someone that can help the club, then of course um, they'll be probably one of my first ports of call. Anyway, yeah. Very good. We'll, we'll make sure. You know, we'll make up for those royalties with that deal. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, no, it'd be free of charge for Wrexham. They, they hold a, a great place in my heart. So as long as the club yeah. do well, um, that's all that matters. There'd be no monetary gains from, from that situation, yeah. Actually, I, I forgot to say, I was going to say to you earlier as well, that early spell when we, we were winning, the atmosphere in those home games 
was really oh, buzzing. Something you know? else. It, it was great. Something the, else. the support was fantastic. Something else. I mean, Wrexham. Wrexham's a massive club. Obviously, they're in non-league. Um, I've been many non-league clubs. I've not seen clubs like that, to be honest. You'll find a, a few big clubs will drop out the leagues um, and stuff. But the, like you say, the atmosphere, the games, you know, the Chester games. I think yeah. there was a Tramier game at home. I mean, these are big attendances in non-league. You'll find that, you know, clubs in the league don't even get these, these kind of attendances. Yeah. Obviously, I knew the club was massive before I came. I mean, I came from Tamworth at the time. Obviously, they've got, you know, legends, you know, probably a bit before my time, maybe like your Barry Horns, Joey Jones was there, um, Eddie Nishwicken, he, he was my coach when I was at Man City and stuff like that, Mickey Thomas. I could probably reel off, a, I probably missed out a lot as well, to be honest, but obviously I knew how big the club was, but I don't think it's until you're actually in it, you yeah. know, you're playing for the club, you see the fans and you, you know, you're involved in it and you realise how big that club is. And, um, you know, I just want to see them in the Football League where, you know, they deserve to be. I think they just took the, and you know, the, fa the fans are great. Yeah. The fans are up there with some of the best fans I've played for. I mean, I had, you know, it's probably neck and neck, to be honest. I had a loan spell when I was 19. I went to Aberdeen in Scotland and they was unbelievable with me. Yeah. Uh, but no, Wrexham are definitely on a, on a par with them as well. So I really, like I say, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I don't wish anything but success for the club and I hope it comes, fingers crossed, this season anyway. Yeah, well, thanks very much. Well, I agree with you. <laughs> I hope it comes as well, I can tell you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And again, I'd also... No, thank you. The shame that you, 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 know, you, you weren't able to be with us for more than a year, but in that time, yeah. your commitment, you know? Yeah, no, no. Like I say, it was a pleasure and it's an honour to play for the club. Um, and like I say, I just wish every success for them in the future. I'm Fiacre Kelleher, and you're listening to Dragon Heart Radio Show. So, Javin Vidal, top bloke, really, really nice fella. And it's a shame. I think maybe next week, Jay, we might look at players that we could have given more time to and, and who might have contributed more to the club. Yeah, that'll be, that, that'll be a great, that'll be a segment to look out for next week. Definitely. Yeah. Right, well, the time has come. Let's hope we can perform at Notts County. Big weekend coming up that we'll be dissecting, of course, in next week's Dragon Heart. I hope you've enjoyed this early edition. Jay, thank you again so much for joining us. Yeah, brilliant. I really enjoyed doing this one, Mark. And uh, we've got some huge games coming up now. So mm. let's hope that the positivity keeps going and we keep on with these positive results. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope we feel this positive next Friday as we are now. Anyway. Let's uh, leave that final word of positivity to Mr. Hollywood himself, Jay Harris. This is Jay Harris and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio. 